Coming up today, we check in with Chuck Hazzy from Leisure Outdoor Adventures. As a guide, um, you know, we're obviously looking to put fish in the boat and uh, get people fish fries and, and, and things of that sort. So we're, we're using a lot of spinner rigs and night crawlers. Um, occasionally, there's days where leeches seem to work a little bit better as well, but mainly those two types of baits right now is the go-to. And the aquatic biologist discusses what causes stunting. So okay. as soon as you get too high of uh, vegetation density, the bluegills become so good at hiding and escaping predators that they just explode in numbers, especially the smaller fish. And then they out, they eat themselves out of house and home, and they can't grow anymore. It's all coming up. Shorty, I won't ever understand my shorties be mad when all I want to do is stick my toes in the sand. There's nothing wrong with champagne dancing and such, but the nightlife in the city don't impress me much. Fishing Paul Bunyan Country. Well, we're checking in with Chuck Hazzy of Leisure Outdoor Adventures. He is, of course, a world champion wall anger, are you not? <laughs> well, I, I don't know if I'd quite go that far, but <laughs> yes, we did win a tournament. It was a biggie. It was a biggie. Come on now. Um, yeah. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about what's been going on out there. I mean, we've got these uh, storm systems in the area right now. How's How do you feel like that's going to affect things? You know, yeah, actually right now um, we've got a group coming in at 1 o'clock. It's, we're going through a pretty decent storm here in, in Walker. I'm in the truck just kind of waiting to ride this thing out. I don't know if it's going to happen or not. But, um, yeah, you know, we get a few consistent days of weather, and it seems like when that happens the the fish are biting pretty good. Um, you know, you get a storm system that rolls through and sometimes that can affect the bite a little bit. Um, it, I, I would say it doesn't totally destroy it, but it changes a few things. So it just, it might change some locations or, or push the fish to a little bit deeper water. So you just got to change your presentation a little bit. Overall, how's the bite been in the last three weeks to a month? Um, it's been good. I mean, it, I wouldn't say the bite on leech is gangbusters, but we've been, you know, consistently been able to go out and uh, definitely catch enough fish for a meal. Some days are better than others. Um, I was out yesterday with uh, guy Jim Ernster, and we had a really good morning. Um, you know, each day is a little bit different, but we've, we're on about week. Well, we're into two and a half weeks now of a major mayfly hatch, so what we're kind of seeing is the fish are there. They don't always want to bite, um, so we're having to kind of, sit on them and sit on them and sit on them and we go through these these little feeding windows where they'll open their mouths for a half hour it might be 15 minutes but you put as many fish in the boat as you can during those feeding windows and at the end of the day you seem to turn out okay yeah that's always the challenge uh, this time of year is they, they've got plenty to eat so there's like you say a very small window when you might be able to lure them with something it's a buffet line. I'm, I'm cleaning perch that are full of mayfly larvae, actual mayflies, perch, crayfish, you name it. They're, they're literally eating everything right now. So 
sometimes it, you have to take a little more aggressive approach and, and try to trigger a reaction bite, whether that's with a with a spinner type bait or a crank bait, just to get them to turn their heads a little bit and react to something when they're not necessarily looking to eat all the time. Right. And unlike us, um, there's nothing that they really don't like, so <laughs> they'll do the easiest route, right? They're not picky eaters, no. <laughs> and uh, some of the fish you catch right now look like they've got a little bit of a weight problem. They're, uh, they're definitely not skinny. What, what seems to work best? Right now, I've, I've been catching more fish on crawlers than anything. Um, we're just entering that summer-type stage where some of the stuff in Walker Bay is starting to go where we're using bigger minnows like creek chubs or red tails. Um, generally, that's working better for bigger fish and not numbers. So as a guide, um, you know, we're obviously looking to put fish in the boat and uh, get people fish fries and 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 things of that sort. So we're, we're using a lot of spinner rigs and night crawlers. Um, occasionally there's days where leeches seem to work a little bit better as well, but mainly those two types of baits right now is the go-to. Are you out as a guide primarily going after walleye and getting perch along for the ride, or do you go for perch sometimes? Uh, this time of year right now, it's 99% of the time it's, it's walleyes. If it's not walleyes, um, you know, we're, we're doing a few musky trips now as we get into July. Toby's been out a few days in a row. I know chasing muskies. Um, if you can catch a few bonus per, bonus perch in with those walleyes, you know, they usually go in the live well, but I wouldn't say we're specifically targeting them right now. As we get into September, October, then we do a few more of the, the perch trips or you catch a few walleyes while you're fishing, fishing strictly for perch. But right now they're pretty spread out. Okay. Um, what have you heard from the, some of the other fish that are out there biting right now? Um, there was just a, a, a bass tournament out here over the weekend and, uh, it sounds like it went pretty well. The, uh, the smallies again seem to steal the show. Um, there's lots of big largemouth in, in this fishery on Leech Lake, but the, the smallmouth fishing is, it's really turning into a good smallmouth lake each year. It seems to get a little better and better. And uh, there's there's some big fish in the system right now. Um, panfish, I I honestly have not heard much of a panfish report coming from the area. Obviously, a lot of the smaller lakes around here, a lot of people are targeting the panfish, and they're they're in their typical summer locations now. They're in the green weeds and in the cabbage or close to a drop off in the weeds. Um, small jigs and small leeches or or plastics seem to be working there. Um, We've got, well, what else do we have? Northern pike fishing. Um, those seem to be showing up a little more and more, especially when you're fishing with minnows. We've caught uh, quite a few nicer northern pike lately. Um, they're becoming a little more active, and we're seeing some nicer fish other than a lot of those small 20 to 23 inches you catch fishing jigs and minnows at the beginning of the year. You know, it's a, it's a great lake with a lot of, lot of things going on. You just mentioned the northerns, for example. Um, how many people are out there taking advantage of those new northern limits? There's quite a few. Um, I bet if you ask the dock boys at some of these resorts when they uh, change their eggs and, uh, you know, four people come in with uh, 40 northerns under 22 inches, I'm, I'm guessing some of these dock boys are getting real good at uh, cleaning them up 
<laughs> with no bones. <laughs> yes, that's kind of important. <laughs> yeah, I've seen it. I've seen it more and more. I've actually done a few trips in the last year or two now where people specifically, that's what they want to target and, and those smaller fish. Um, I think there's a fair amount of people taking advantage of it, Kev. And, you know, that's that's one of the reasons why the, the DNR is, 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 you know, put these regulations on some of these lakes is to try to eliminate you know, higher numbers of these smaller fish so some of those mid-range fish can, can actually grow up to be bigger. I know that as, as a guide, you spend a lot of time fishing walleye. Do you get a chance to go after other species, or are you interested in other species? I am, yeah. I, I would not call myself the world's greatest bass fisherman. Um, I have a 12-year-old son who is absolutely uh, just, I mean, he's a diehard bass fisherman. Um, a few years ago, he caught his first fish on a topwater frog, and I think that's that's all it took was that explosion. Um, but I, I do like to chase panfish. I like to catch crappies. Um, but the reality is, most of the time, I'm I'm targeting walleyes. It's the job. It is. Yep. Much more to come from Chuck Hazzy of Leisure Outdoor Adventures, and we have another tough question for Dr. Andy Hafes of the BSU Aquatic Biology Department. Some people fish, some people don't. Those people are clueless. This is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. This is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Chuck Hazzy from Leisure Outdoor Adventures, my guest today. You're a Leech Lake guide, no question about it. Uh, you ever get a chance to check out any other lakes recently? We do, yeah. Um, in fact, just a week or two ago, I was on Pacagama Lake for a few days. Uh, the week before that, I was on Mille Lacs for a few days. Um, we've, we've done, I haven't personally, but we've, we've been doing a few trips out of uh, Becker's Resort on uh, Winnie. That seems to be holding strong, that bite out there. Um, it sounds like Cass Lake has been uh, pretty decent and, and pretty steady. As we get later into summer, I'll be fishing up there a little more. Um, but it sounds like there's a decent bite going on just about all of the bigger lakes in the area. You know, I had a chance to talk to a few guys who had been fishing Pekegama for the Graha tournament. Uh, what was your experience out there? You know, the bite for me personally was that the bite was better this year than in years past. Uh, Jason and I fished that tournament and we had four good fish by 1045 on, uh, on Saturday. And you would have think, you would have thought that we could have got that last fish in the last four and a half hours, but it just, it didn't happen. We stuck it out all day in the same spot and it turns out we maybe should have moved around a little bit, but, um, the fishing there, I, I do believe is, is picking up and it seems to get better as we go through July. Um, I'm friends with a lot of the, the guides in Grand Rapids area, and I'm, I'm hearing that it's, it's, it's starting to take off a little more and more each day. It's an interesting lake. There's plenty of uh, walleye in there. they got lake trout in there. they got big northerns down there. But it's really deep, and it's uh, kind of uh, just a very unique fishery, very different than a lot of lakes. It is, and that's what, that's what makes it so awesome is, I mean, if you drop a minnow, on Pakegama Lake right now, I think there are northerns that can see that thing from six miles away. Sometimes you're getting bit before that minnow even hits bottom. It's it's awesome as a multi-species lake, and the smallmouth bass out there too are just beasts. There, wow. there's giant smallmouth. There's there's big largies. The walleyes look like 
I mean, walleyes you've never seen before. They've got giant shoulders on them. They're they're definitely well fed. Once one guy was telling me, you know, that it, it's just really unusual. Like you say, they're well fed. They're big. They're strong, and they are far more aggressive than walleyes on a lot of other lakes. Man, once they see the boat, when you get them close to the boat, they do not want to come to the top. There are they make big long runs and and uh, they they fight all the way to the end. That's for sure. Wow. And tell me about Malax. How's things going over there? I haven't uh, heard a lot from Malax in the last few years. Obviously, Malax seems to always be good. Um, there's so many different size fish in that system right now. We caught fish from ten inch ten inch walleyes all the way to twenty eight twenty nine inch walleyes while we were there. Um, the mud flats were just starting to go a couple weeks ago. Um, there was a mud bite. There was a rock bite. It seemed like you could do either or if you wanted to pitch jigs in the shallow rocks. Um, you could do that if you wanted to troll the deep mud, the mud basins um, with spinners or crankbaits. You could do that it was, as well. It was kind of a coin flip on, on what you wanted to do, but both seemed to be producing fish either way you look at it. What is it? Is, there a two, is it a two-fish limit this year? Uh, it was a one it's fish one. limit, I believe, yeah. and I believe that right now, currently, as we sit today, um, I do not believe, I could be wrong on this, Kev, but I do not believe you can keep any right now. Okay. I believe that the quota was hit a little while back. Okay, okay. Well, I know they're being very, very careful, and it's frustrating a lot of people, but it sounds like, at the very least, there's plenty of fish in the lake. You can go catch fish all day long. If you're If you're looking for a big fish fry... You know, you might be a little disappointed there, um, but if you would like to go catch trophy fish, um, that's where I would be right now. I, I can tell you, it's absolutely amazing. The the aim tournament we fished there. Um, it turns out, if we would have caught all twenty seven and twenty eight inches, we would have been. I don't think we would have even cracked the top twenty five. The the winning bag had just about fifty two pounds for five fish. So. That tells you all you need to know about the size of the fish in that in that uh, system there. No kidding, no kidding. And, of course, pretty well known now as a tremendous bass fishery as well. Correct, yes. We didn't fish any bass while we were there, um, but it does sound like the bass were, you know, where they normally are in the rock piles. Um, a lot of the guys that were fishing the, the shallow rocks uh, were catching smallmouth mixed in with them. So we didn't. We fished the mud. We didn't see, I don't think we even caught one smallmouth in the mud uh, while we were there, but it seemed like they were mostly in the rocks still and on the shorelines. Okay. Using your uh, past history uh, as a guide, uh, again, we talked about it at the outset, but uh, we got the storm situation going on here. Uh, what normally is the typical reset time for Leech Lake after a storm? <sighs> Each day is different. I, a lot of times, Leech Lake is so big and it's so diverse that it seems like even though you get these big storms that roll through, you can usually find some active fish, you know, in, in deeper water, especially now that we're a little bit into summer and, you know, the fish have pulled off the shorelines to some extent. Usually what I'm seeing is they're going to be, they're going to move you know, if they were in shallow water, they're going to move closer to the brake lines or even off the brake lines and just kind of suspending off of the brake lines. So to me today, I mean, if we do get out, we're probably going to be fishing deeper water, um, blowing up a, a crawler on a Lindy, 
and letting that thing float off the bottom or, or using a big minnow and letting that thing swim around and slowing down our presentation. And uh, hopefully we can we can pick a few off still. Chuck, uh, you still have some spots available for anybody you might want to use your guide services? I do, yeah. It, it's 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 filling up fast now for the rest of summer, but that's the nice thing with Leisure Outdoor Adventures is we've got a team of seven guys. So even if you can't get in with one of us, there's always someone that we can usually make something work, whether that's, you know, fishing twice a day or someone had the day off, you know, we can usually make it work. So you'll just want to give us a call and we can usually make something happen. What's the best way to get a hold of Leisure Outdoor Adventures? Best way would be to call the toll-free number, and that's 855-LOA-HOOK, and you'll talk to Jason Freed. If you'd like to call me, you can call me directly on my cell phone. It's 218-289-1383, or you can jump on our website, leisureoutdooradventures.com, and you can book a trip that way. Chuck Hazzy joining me from uh, Leisure Outdoor Adventures, outstanding guide on Leech Lake, uh, waiting out a storm at the moment. Hey, Thanks for taking the time, Chuck. We always appreciate talking to you. No problem, Kev. Anytime. Up next, another tough question for the aquatic biologist. Someday, I won't go fishing. Of course, I'll be dead. This is Fish and Ball Bunyan Country. Once again, time to ask the aquatic biologist, Dr. Andrew Hafes of Bemidji State University. Andy, uh, the most caught fish in Minnesota is the panfish, which is any number of fish, but um, that is the the number one most caught fish. And uh, one of the things we keep hearing about that is all these stunted fish, all these lakes where they're stunted fish. First of all, what does stunted fish mean? And secondly, uh, what's the main reason that it, that it occurs? So when you it would tell me that you have a stunted bluegill. That suggests to me that it's growing very slowly. Okay. And it, it's small as a result. So as an angler out there on the body of water, it's very difficult for you to tell whether it is stunted or not, right? Because it could just be a bunch of little fish uh, that yeah. are growing fast, but then getting lopped out of the population by either big predators or by anglers. And that in that situation, that would not be stunted to me. Okay. That's just a mortality issue. For a fish to be stunted, you'd have to know how fast it's actually growing and how old it actually is, in okay. my opinion. And uh, that means that there's they're slow growing. They're just it takes I don't know ten years for the fish to get to an actual catchable size, or maybe it never gets there, right? Where okay. an angler would be happy to keep the the bluegill, for for example. All right. So that's kind of how I define stunted: is that it's just an inability to to grow quickly or reach or, or a desirable size that an angler would like to harvest. So what causes that? Oftentimes, it's uh, too many of the fish in the system. So the the best example that I've ever heard about what would directly cause stunting of a bluegill population is when back to an AIS situation, water milfoil gets into a lake in you know Eurasian water milfoil and it forms in such thick mats that the predators in the system can't hunt the bluegill effectively anymore. So these panfish, if you look at the shape of them, they're pan-shaped, and then the way their fins are positioned actually allows them to maneuver around really tight spaces very effectively. 
okay. more effectively than northern pike and largemouth bass, which are longer-bodied fish. Right. So okay. as soon as you get too high of a vegetation density, the bluegills become so good at hiding and escaping predators that they just explode in numbers, especially the smaller fish, and then they out they eat themselves out of house and home, and they can't grow anymore. Okay. So and then they become stunted. Gotcha. Um, I know that when we're talking about it, um, you know, DNR people are very adamant about, you know, 10-inch, 12-inch fish. Please put them back. Keep the 9 and 8-inchers. How does that help or hurt? The big ones are the best producers. Okay. Right? A big female produces exponentially more eggs than a small female. Okay. Right. And so, therefore, if you let that fish go, it will do a good job at providing recruits to the fishery. Okay. And it also keeps a big fish in the fishery instead of – because it used to be – and maybe that maybe that we were inaccurate in that assessment. We Do people fish – you know, they keep the big ones. Can you fish out the big fish and then they'll never grow big again or – how does that work biologically? I mean, there's some evidence to suggest that if, let's just say you had a minimum size limit of 15 inches on a walleye, right? Okay. There's some evidence to suggest that you can, the, the fish that grow the fastest, right, reach that 15-inch size limit faster and then are susceptible to anglers for a longer period of time. And as a result, the fishermen actually catch the fastest growing fish in the system more often and change the genetics of the population to a slower growing fish okay overall so that it is possible i mean there's evidence to suggest that's happened in the past in fisheries okay um now i've also heard that there's only a certain amount of poundage of fish a system can take and it's either going to you know you want to find that right mix of different years and classes but if you get too many small fish they're all going to be small because they're all using up everything that's available right so back to the walleye that's a good example again uh, if you have just an extraordinary number of walleye fry in a particular year you think about what they're eating they Young walleye fry eat young perch, and they track, you know, age one walleyes eat age one perch, age two walleyes can eat an age two perch, and so on. So they kind of track those year classes of their prey right through as well. Mm -hmm. And so we've talked about this a little bit in the past as well, that if you have just too many fry in a system as a result of stocking or something, maybe too many big mature females that produced that many fry, that year class is not necessarily going to be good. They could eat themselves out of house and home and die off or have slower growth as a result. Okay. So other than not bringing AIS into a system, uh, are there other things anglers can do to avoid stunting, or is it kind of out of their control? Well, I mean, the individual angler, it's very tough for you to decide out there well, if I keep this, is it going to help stunting or not? Right. The regulations should be designed to take care of those problems, and hopefully the regulations are fluid enough where we could tweak them if we need to to fix the issue. Sure. 
So, like, you've seen on a lot of the large lakes where they're moving the slots, right, mm-hmm. an inch or two. That's to do exactly what you were hinting at before, is to try to get this optimal size and age structure so that the correct number of fry are produced in a particular year. And theoretically, then, we should have good year classes, right, right. if weather can, uh, plays along. So, uh, as an individual anger, this is a very tough situation. It really needs to be the whole angling population gotcha. and that's driven by the regulations in my opinion so okay. like i've said before follow the regs right that's the biggest thing you can do and you know um what we've heard mostly about not in addition to you know stunt panfish we hear a lot about the hammer handle northerns and obviously we made a big aggressive dramatic change in northern regulations uh, now in its second year to to try to address that issue right yeah that was uh really interesting and one of the tools that they tried to use there was to use the actual fish against themselves right where they can if you create the big fish that are out there they can eat more hammer handles than we were willing to catch as anglers <laughs> right yes uh, so right. i thought that was a pretty cool strategy to try to handle this uh, issue with the northern pike okay and i know there's a number of uh, lakes that now have really strong uh, size panfish and their big move was to go to five rather than right. 20. So, yeah, they're they're out there. They're doing that stuff all the time. And when you get frustrated by it, just remember why it's being done. Right. And, I mean, these are tricky situations. Not everybody likes five panfish regs. A lot of people will like it. You can't mm-hmm. please everybody. But good thing here in Minnesota is we have over 10,000 lakes, right? So, <laughs> yes. Uh, hopefully there's something for everybody, at least in one of the lakes out there for you. Okay. Well, stunting is uh, is it something you hear a lot about. I don't think it's something that any, that you know the layperson completely understands. I think we have kind of a basic idea of what's going on out there, but uh, it's like you say, it, it's it's pretty tricky, right? And it's a direct result of population dynamics within the system. And one of the frustrating things about it is that when you do address the problem, it could take a while to fix, right? Like even mm-hmm. the Northern Pike situation we discussed. They're expecting that to take a while uh, to, in some of those systems that have the hand or ha- hammer handles. Right. Because uh, you need the big fish to grow up for them to start eating the smaller ones, and that takes time. And, right. Well, and, and I've talked to the, uh, the DNR biologists in the past, and, and you too. I mean, when you're, when you're in a research project and doing things, this is not something that you're going to get instant gratification for. Um, this is something you have to be really patient. Right, right. So and Sometimes that's tough. Yeah. So, well, uh, more so for those of us who don't understand, you know, than those who who, who know what's going, you know, what they're trying to accomplish and how long it's going to take. Yeah, that's so, why it's important you do these radio shows, right, to help get that message out there. Yeah. All right, Dr. Andrew Hafes, as always, thanks for your insight and uh, brilliance. We'll, well, we'll go with brilliance geez. this time. Right, thank you. Michelle, <laughs> <laughs> Bob, Country! Country!